reading creeps. Welcome to Horror Girl Problems, the podcast slash videocast. Thanks for listening, Mom and Nephew Noah. A few days ago, an article that I wrote for Gaily Dreadful's Pride fundraiser, Gaily Helpful, went live. And today I'm also going to share it with you here. The purpose of all of this is to raise funds for the Transgender Law Center. So if you're able to please donate, I will include Gaily Helpful's donation link in the description here. This was a tough one for me, not gonna lie, uh, but the support has been wonderful. Over the past few days, I have read through this a few times because I wasn't sure if I would be able to share it uh, this way. Because um, like I said, it was it, it is quite personal and I had to see if I could get through it without choking up, um, and I, which I think I can do now, so. Onward. We all have scissor hands. Here we go. <laughs> we all have scissor hands. They're the things that keep us at a blade's length away. What those scissors are made of is different for each of us, but are more likely there than not just the same. Edward Scissorhands is my ultimate favorite misfit, an amalgamation of Frankenstein's monster and an aesthetic that calls on elements from Dr. Caligari's Caesar. He's gentle, romantic, and wildly misunderstood, a lovingly crafted creation. Following the death of his father, Edward is invited into a homogenized suburbia from his isolated castle atop the hill. He does his best to assimilate, donning the proper clothes, using his talents to help those around him, but he still sticks out amongst the pastel and well-manicured cookie-cutter life of the suburbs. Try as he might, he is simply not the same. While some accept him, others label him instantly as a dangerous other. He pines for love even as it's staring him straight in the face. When teen dream Kim Boggs develops feelings for Edward that eventually evolve into love, she asks him to take her in his arms and hold her, to which he heartbreakingly replies, I can't because through society's lens, Edward sees himself as unfinished, incapable, undeserving, dangerous. Growing up, my personal scissor hands were crafted from a heavy secret. I am a lesbian. I knew this before knowing there was even a word for it. I only knew I was different, other. And that otherness felt like an ugly and dangerous thing. While Edward's scars were prominent on his face, my wounds were internal and invisible. I held queer in my hands like two dangerous knives I could not set down. I was convinced this meant I would only ever be able to love from afar, like Edward. This was a tragedy. So much love in my heart, and I, destined to keep it there, loving only from a safe distance. Maybe the loneliness attached to being secretly other would stay with me always. My classmates were kind and my family was loving, but I wondered what they would think of my invisible blades should I ever show them. Maybe they loved me with an asterisk, accepted me with caveats. Maybe they loved me because I kept my secret secret. The prospect of finding out whether or not this was true was heart-achingly horrific. This was a real fear. So, like Edward... I did my best to dress the part and fit in amongst suburbia, adhering to the rules of conduct. My teenage years were spent dating the boys I was supposed to date, and when I was about 17, I realized that the mask would inevitably be lonelier than being alone. Like Edward, I assumed all of this meant I would never be able to hold the girl I would irrevocably love. Of course, as it turns out, this is not entirely true. 
the scissor hands I had, in part, imposed upon myself. Sure, there are those who do see those bits of me as blades to stay away from, and it was because of society's lens that I saw this part of myself as something potentially damning and dangerous to begin with. There wasn't much representation in the media for me to fully identify with. Expressing my love through creative endeavors was an escape for me. As I got older, I realized I could create the kind of stories I craved. The representation that was lacking for me, I could provide for others. Luckily, the landscape is changing, with mainstream queeros like Freaky's Josh and the lead characters of the lesbian werewolf movie Bloodthirsty, just to name a couple of recent examples. Horror movies have always been my solace, the monsters, my misunderstood friends. Now there are strong gay protagonists in stories that do not center on them being gay in the same way stories with heterosexual protagonists do not center on their heterosexuality. It just is. This character has brown eyes, is gay, and loves cheeseburgers. Moving on. Stories like this didn't exist when I needed them most. At least, not in a way that was accessible to me. To that end, I had my beloved Edward, who, much like myself, held so much love, but was afraid to touch anyone with it. There are so many kinds of love, so many ways to be a family. Not all of it is the romantic brand. Sometimes that love shows up as a supportive community waiting to embrace all the bits with open arms. Edward may not have gotten the happy ending his gentle heart deserved, but we get to write our own stories. By this point in my life, I'm an adult who has been out for many years now. That quote-unquote other label is not affixed to me by any of the people who actually matter. It has been a journey to get to this point, and while I may not have my Kim Boggs held carefully in my embrace, I have since held and been held for exactly who I am. The sharp bits, the soft bits, and yes, the very gay bits, which is what I was so afraid of as a kid. Perhaps even more importantly, I have found bands of misfits to love, embrace, and be embraced by. Most importantly, I have embraced myself with nothing to hide. I am proud of all of those bits that came together as a whole to make me who I am. Evolving, sure, but not incomplete. I never was. Isolation in a mountaintop castle and pastel cookie-cutter suburbia are not the only available options. And if you are reading, watching, listening to this, and you have scissor hands of your own, this is a love letter to you. Please know there are actually so many of us waiting to embrace you and every bit that makes you exactly who you are. That's it. So, as I've mentioned multiple times, uh, this, this one was, this was, bleh, this was, <laughs> this was a tough one uh, to write. I had the vague concept for this piece, um, but it wasn't very fleshed out, and I thought, I don't think I can actually write enough words on this concept uh, to, to, to make it of any length that it could be published anywhere, like maybe it'll just be something personal that I post on my own blog. Also, I was like, I don't, I don't really know where this would fit. I'm sure there's lots of great publications that would that would support it, um, but it wouldn't necessarily fit for any of those outlets. And then very shortly after, Gaily Dreadful posted a call for Gaily Helpful articles. So this vague concept that was quite personal 
Um, I, I sat down to write it. I, I put on the Edward Scissorhands record, just played it on repeat. And fuck, like the process of writing this was just way more intense um, than I than I would have imagined it to be. And I had so many thoughts and feelings about it that it was just like the first draft of this is, was quite messy because I was just like, oh, like I feel this is like I'm feeling all of these things and I don't know how to organize it because it's just kind of overwhelmed with feeling. I was very lucky to have the help of two editors who I feel know me very, very well. I feel like they, they know my heart and they know my voice um, and I, they understood what I was trying to say and helped me and helped me organize it in a way that maybe other people would understand what I was trying to say as well. And in the process of this, it was pointed out to me that I was, I was still not fully taking ownership at times of things. I was talking about certain things in a passive voice and very gently, it was brought up to me, you know, well, oh, so is it, is it this or is it this? Like, but just like, just this very gentle nudge that just like unlocked this door in my head. And I was like, fuck, like after all this time, are there still certain elements of this that I'm like digesting and claiming and like fucking, you know, like it was just, it was wild. And then I, I, I sat down to look at the language that I was using and I thought like, yeah, like I, it's kind of. Cert, like a bit passive in certain elements. Uh, and I'm super grateful for that. I, I don't feel like there's a ton of people that I could have handed that rough draft to that could have then brought it back to me and just kind of like shined a light on certain things. So that whole process of breaking that down and examining the, the language that I was using, uh, fuck, like that it just ended up being wildly cathartic. So my camera died right in the middle of recording that, which is maybe a good thing. <laughs> my main reason for sharing this uh, here is to share this piece with as many people as possible. It was difficult to write. Once it was written, it was difficult to decide to send it off into the world, which was what it was written for, but that was difficult. Uh, and then the day that it came out, like, whew, that was... That was nerve-wracking because it meant that you guys were going to, you know, read it. <laughs> Which, yes, is the point, but it's it's also scary. But, wow, uh, the amount of messages that I've gotten in the last few days from people who either saw themselves in this in some way or saw somebody that they know in this and then shared it and had like these really emotional conversations with like friends and family and like sharing that with me like I feel very lucky that many of you have have let me know this have let me in on this um so th thank you for that thank you for sharing your very personal stories with me I feel like when we are vulnerable it kind of creates this space where other people then feel like they can be vulnerable as well. And that, that's how we really get to know each other and get to know people as people. So I will happily get very uncomfortable if it makes even one single person feel seen or heard or less alone and makes them in turn want to be vulnerable either with me or with the people in their life. Like, I feel like it's kind of a trickle effect, um, which is really cool. And I'm just, again, I'm just so grateful that 
you guys have shared your stories with me. I, I cried a lot of times over the last few days just because like, shit, like you guys, there was some like very deep shit uh, being sent my way and I'm in the best possible way, you know, and just ha happy stories and stories of people connecting and just, yeah, like it made it more than worth it for sure. Absolutely. So thank you. If you have a story that you'd like to share, you can always message me, call the hotline and leave it on there if you want me to share it on the podcast or just privately message me and, you know, I can talk with you about it there. But just thank you, thank you, thank you. And I really believe what I said about the, the different kinds of love, the different brands of love. That light keeps going out. I'm just going to leave it out. I'm a romantic. I'm deeply romantic to my core. And for a long time, I thought that was the only kind of love, like the ultimate love to aspire to. Uh, but, <laughs> but I have found so much love in community and that, that, I mean, that involves all of you and I'm so grateful for that. I've, I found so much love there. I found so much love with family and friends. Uh, you know, uh, some of, some of the greatest loves of my life are platonic loves. And I think, I think as a society, we have a tendency to maybe underestimate that. We put a lot of weight on romantic love, but I think we should also focus on all the wonderful things that can come from platonic love and self-love. Like those are huge, huge, huge things doesn't mean I don't still aspire to romantic love. Uh, like I said, I'm a romantic. That's always going to be on the list, I'm sure. It's just not at the forefront. And, and I have a, a deeper appreciation for the love that I find in community and friends and family. Yeah, just a big, just a, a deep appreciation for, for the platonic loves of my life, you know. And also a love for, for work and creations. Um, this is the perfect example of getting to make something, you know, write something and then share it with you. And then all of that amazingness that came back, like, absolutely, I love that. That's another brand of love unto itself. And it's a, it's a really cool one. So thank you for making me feel seen and heard and holding space for me. And I hope that I do the same for you. I hope you have a community that does the same for you. I hope you have platonic loves as well. And if I haven't already made this very clear, Pride Month is not just for the out and the proud. Like that's amazing. A big part of the reason it is felt personally important to me to be out is representation. I, I didn't have a lot of that growing up. So once I got to a place where I felt comfortable and safe being out, it also became very important to me to, to be out and proud. And, you know, maybe that could help somebody in some very small way. But that is me. That is my personal story. That is my personal journey. And I do hope that you have a whole lot of self-love and feel that you have safe spaces that you can be genuinely yourself. So yes, pride is just as much yours as it is mine. Thank you to everyone who's taken time out of their day to read the article, shared it with loved ones, um, taken the time 
to write to me and to let me know if it meant something to you. Um, that meant the world to me. I can't really explain to you what that has felt like over... <clears throat> I can't really explain to you what that has felt like over the last few days. Uh, it's been amazing. I don't take it lightly. Okay. It's been amazing. I do not take it lightly when you guys share something that deeply personal and vulnerable with me. Please know that that means something to me on a major, major level. So thank you. Okay, I'm going to cut this now because it's starting to get uh, a little a little more difficult to talk about. Uh, but I love you and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. If you are able to, please, please, please donate. Gaily Helpful is smashing the donation goals and I just, let's, let's fucking keep that shit going. Let's keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. The link will be in the description. Wherever you are watching this, it is going to be in like the description of the episode. Um, I'll also link to it on the blog. So please, even if it's, if you feel like it's like, well, I can only donate a dollar, so it's not a big deal, then donate the dollar. It is a big deal. If we are all putting drops in the bucket, we're going to fill that shit up. So let's do it. I have some more fun stuff coming up for you uh, this month. I got to guest on a really cool panel, which I don't know if I can talk about yet. So I will not say anything right now, but I will, of course, link to that on all of my socials once that is available. If you have not already, hit up the Horror Girl Hotline. A new question was posted Monday morning, I believe. That's, uh, yes, it is a working number. Yes, something happens when you call 323 four five seven three nine six three horgo hotline help me out give it a call i love to hear from you there is a prompt on there but also if you just want to like ask me a question or leave a comment or something you can also do that there but also ideally answer the prompt as well okay that's it i'm gonna stop talking now <laughs> thank you again i appreciate you all more than i can tell you honestly okay i'll see you next week for some more spooky shit Cry, baby. Ah. Emotional cancer strikes again. Crab, baby. Oh.